Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to The Shapes of Stories, a podcast with me, Lawrence Prestige, as your host. Stories come in all shapes and sizes, whether it be from our favourite books, our life experiences, or the day-to-day challenges and issues we face in the world today. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of The Shapes of Stories podcast with me, Lawrence Prestige. Yeah, and today I'm very excited because we're going to be talking to uh, the definition of uh, a football hard man. He's probably, I suppose, known as one of the hardest men in football up there with Roy Keane and Vinnie Jones. Um, my guest today is Neil Razor Ruddock. Uh, really great talking to um, Razor. He, you know, he, you almost forget that when when you're talking to him, you almost forget that you're kind of recording and stuff. Because to me, it was just like chatting to to a mate at a pub. You know, we spoke about football. We spoke about his time while I'm a celeb. We talked about his new book coming out. We talked about um, mental health, alcohol, his time on Harry Heroes, uh, Harry's Heroes. Um, but yeah, really, really great chat with Razor. Um, you know, be sure to check out his um, new book that's just come out. Um, it's uh, The World According to Razor. Yeah, a really interesting book. And it's not one of these kind of boring biographies that, you know, that you get and everyone seems to kind of have out around Christmas. Razor has really sort of made it um, a really funny book. You know, lots of funny stories that he... Um, has been involved in in his years that he's able to tell and um, yeah really fascinating listen to him like you know I was almost just a, a kid in a candy store just listening, listening to Razor because um, you know someone that you kind of watching the football in the world and then watching on his reality TV and stuff and yeah and being able to hear those stories firsthand was amazing yeah it was really great and he does share a couple with them with us um, on the podcast so yeah be sure to check out Razor's new book A World According to The World According to Razor uh, be sure to check us out on Twitter uh, The Shapes of Stories on Twitter um, I think it's at Shapes of Stories is our um, sort of um, username on uh, Twitter um, but yes, be sure to check me out as well on um, Twitter and Instagram. You can get me out on, on Twitter at lprestige7, and you can get me on Instagram as Prestige Books. And um, I'm also on Facebook for those of you, for those of you who would like to follow me on Facebook, just under Lawrence Prestige. But yes, without further ado, here is my chat with the wonderful Neil Razor Ruddock. Neil Razor Ruddock, how are you? I'm very good, thank you very much. A bit bored. Um, a bit bored. You know, sitting on my backside, I'm going to get a bit itchy feet. I'm missing my golf. Missing your golf? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I've always wanted, wanted to ask you as well, where did the name Razor come from? It's a, there was a Canadian boxer, a big, big black man called uh, Donovan Razor Ruddock in the, back in the 80s and 90s. Um, yeah, he was. I think he, he fought Mike Tyson and Bruno and people like that. And I was a young lad at Spurs, so they uh, they christened me Razor. <laughs> Brilliant. So, I mean, how have you been doing over lockdown? I mean, it's been obviously a weird year. Like, yeah, how have you been coping? Well, I'm a I'm a, I'm a lazy so and so, basically. Um, so the first lockdown weren't too bad, but now I've you know there's nothing else to to watch on telly and you know. Uh, I like my James Patterson books. I think I've got, I'm through my James Patterson books. So there's not a lot left to do now, so I'm getting itchy feet. I'm missing golf. Yeah, 
Yeah, so you've got well, you've got your book coming out. Well, it's come out. It's out now, isn't it? Yeah, came out a couple out, of weeks ago. Come out uh, the end of last month. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The world according to Razor. Um, obviously, I'm a I'm a Newcastle fan. Never mind. Newcastle mug here. I, I Never <laughs> mind. Got to. Um, but yeah, I believe you've got a funny story about Shearer in your book. Well, it's not too funny actually. I nearly I nearly finished his career before it started. Um, <laughs> we was on a we was on a tour in I think Portugal. Yeah, we was in Portugal uh, in the season tour. And uh, we'd uh, the bar had closed, so we'd, the lads come back to my room, and we so we drank the mini bar dry. Then sort of Alan Shearer was a young lad, so uh, we broke into his room, and he was in the bar half asleep, and we pulled his mini bar off the wall and run down the run down the landing with his mini bar, but all the glasses were on top of the mini bar, falling off, and he'd come running out after us, and he trod on the glasses, went run through the glass, all the broken glass, and. Two of his, two of his little toad, little toad, and one next to it severed, and then he was just hanging on by skin. So we had to rush him to hospital to have his toes uh, sewn back on. So, yeah, I nearly ended it before it began. Well, well, I'm glad he made it through it because us Newcastle fans don't have much yeah, to shout about. What, she was it. That was his left foot. If I haven't ruined his left foot, he just got you know because he couldn't kick with his left foot after that. So <laughs> it makes that good he'd been if he could kick with his, kick, kick with his left foot. Yeah, well, what we're talking about, I mean, Shearer was renowned for the head in a ball, I suppose. And yeah. what do you make of, the, obviously, the news recently with all the, the head injuries and they're, they're trying to sort of um, sort of review about yeah. head in the ball and well, perhaps with I, kids I and stuff? I, I mean, definitely, uh, I, mean, I think Alan, done a, Alan Shearer done that programme about it. I, I, I really think that they should look into it. I mean, it's not only playing, it's every day. You know, when I, especially as a defender, I was hitting the 40, 50 balls every day. You know, well, you know, every three or four games, you'd, you'd clash heads. You know, and you're just told to, you know, you feel a bit dizzy or whatever, you're just told to man up and get on with it. So, I'm, I'm you know, I really think that, you know, that, you know, have they have they got the science and technology? I don't know if they can, you know, if, if they can test people young and if it's going to develop, I don't know. You know, it's just out of my hand. I'm sure it's out of many people, even medics' hands. They just don't know if it's going to develop into some of the stuff we've seen lately. Yeah, I mean, the rule on head injuries has changed a bit because I remember Shearer in particular seen some of his games, he'd cut his head, he'd bang his head, he'd blood rushing down, you had to quickly get him back on, get the, get the, but now they completely stop the game, don't they, with head injuries? Yeah, I mean, years ago, I've got cuts everywhere, I remember. I've got 11. I had I'd, I'd 10 once, I made doctor do 11 to me. But what they do, they, they'd rush you off, they'd sew you up quick, you know, then you put a band, then you go, then you go and play. And after the game, they take them stitches out and do them doing properly. Yeah, so it was a case oh, of getting you off and on off. I <laughs> think they've got glue now. They they really glue them. They used to glue them, just glue you cut together, band you up, and get on with it, and you're still heading on on the same spot. Yeah. So it couldn't, you know, it couldn't have been, it couldn't be very good for you. Yeah, would you think maybe like in in grass uh, grassroots football and you know with kids and stuff, it's maybe maybe taking heading out for, for kids. I think so. Brains to, aren't, to, a know, age, yeah, to a certain age, to a certain age, I think you know football head is a lot to do with the game. But from a certain age, say up to twelve, thirteen, maybe then then that teaches them skilled and keep the ball on the floor. It's like five aside football, you know. In five aside football yeah. rules, and ball's not allowed over your head, so that that teaches you to keep, keep teaches you to be a better player, teaches you to have a nicer touch and see the pass. So. In that respect, I don't think it would hurt the sort of uh, the, the general that generation coming through. But you know, definitely, I think you know after sort of twelve, fourteen, maybe heading should be should be allowed in the game. That is part of the game: defending crosses, you know, free kicks, and some players are, are better than heading than other players. So that's sort of restricting their 
their skill as well, their, 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 their chance of making it. So up to a certain age. Yeah, well, you weren't too bad at heading head the ball, were you? you I were weren't right. too. I weren't too bad. And I know that was that was my you know, defending crosses and, and and you know free kicks. That was uh, you know the big the bigger you are, the uh, taller you are, the better the header you was meant to be. So yeah, brilliant. Um, so yeah, obviously you had you were involved in the program Harry's Harry's Heroes, yeah. and it was a really ama- I really enjoyed watching that. And it, I guess it's like there were some really emotional moments yeah. in in the in in the show for you as well, especially that um. Yeah, that, that, that really hit the moment I think that hit hard for me most was that moment you had with Paul Merson. Yeah, yeah. When, um, yeah, you know, that was a, a really nice moment, I suppose, in some ways, because although, you know, you weren't happy at the time with, yeah. you know, what Merce was saying, but it, it, it was because you you are so close to him, I yeah, guess it, it I probably hurt, that, hurt you. Probably, you know, when, you, when, you, uh, when your close friends try to give you advice, you take it as criticism, you know? Hmm. Because it hurts more than if anyone else says it to you, you don't really bother when someone you love and you you know you've known for years and years give you advice. It's criticism. Stop having a go at me. Blah blah blah. You know. Yeah. I think at the time because he because he hadn't drunk for two months, he, he thought he was you know he thought he was a, the, the, the you know the the savior sort of things. I think that's what hurt me more <laughs> than most is because he'd given up drinking. I didn't. That uh, he could do it and I couldn't. I think that hurt most than him than what he said. Yeah. But. Uh, no, we, you know, we got over it. We, we about two minutes later, we was cuddling each other and so. But, it, you know, it, it did it at home and, you know, I did have a heart problem, ended up having a pacemaker fitted. But, uh, you know, I've calmed up. I think lockdown helped me a lot because I think as a lad, as one of the I'm a lads, lads, you know, you get yourself into a routine and though Friday afternoon you meet the lads and Sunday afternoon you yeah. meet the lads. You know, you watch football and go, and go down the pub. So I think I've got myself into a routine that everyone else was doing it. I thought it was okay. Yeah. You know, but I didn't yeah. know the, the, the trouble it was doing and the, the pain inside it was causing. So it was lucky, lucky that I did have a checkup and they found a, found that I had an irregular heartbeat. It was lucky that uh, I did Harry's Heroes to to find out because I don't think, because I, I had no, I didn't, didn't feel any different, you know. So it's lucky I had a full medical to find out there was a problem. Yeah. So was it was it through sort of Harry's heroes or just after that? Because I suppose when you have those moments, you kind of have to face up to it, don't you? You yeah. have to have that acknowledgement that you know you've got to sort of evaluate your relationship yeah, yeah. with alcohol. Was it was it during? Was it that? What was the kind of was it the moment yeah, it was, that you well, kind of a, got checked up? Yeah. Show, we, had, we all had a check up to do the show to make because we were like fifty year old men going to run around and play football. So we all had went into a service or like an oil change for your car, and uh, I was uh, I was the only one that that they found that had a problem. So. And without filming Harry's Heroes, you know, we never know if we'd have found a problem and I could have killed over at any minute. So it was it was really important. It was like sort of the timing was unbelievable for me. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, with, with alcohol, it's important, I think, to have that sort of acknowledgement. I've had problems with it as well, but mine, I guess mine was through my mental health. So, like, for me, yeah. I would use alcohol to kind of, if I was ever having a bit of a rubbish period, I'd be like, well, alcohol will make me feel better for a little well, bit. Well, you do, you know, if you're sad, you know... I'd, We've all been. If you're sad, you have a drink. If you if you're happy to celebrate, you have a drink. If you're bored, you have a drink. So I mean, it's it's the routines we get ourselves into. I'm sure that was your routine. If you had the yeah. up, you'd have a drink. So it's just it's just routines more than for me anyway. I mean, everyone's different, but it was me getting out of the routine. I was. I was yeah, stuck in. yeah, that's absolutely. I think the case sometimes because I think because I I think for me I don't you know I don't know if you've had to deal with depression as well. But, um, you know, for yeah. me, it was always like I knew that I could, with alcohol, I could kind of have a 
it would kind of give me a short-term buzz to kind of be with the lads and go out and I'd be, be sociable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then the come buzz, down yeah. you have, it's not, it's not a hangover. It's just this deep despair that you kind of have for yeah. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday that it's worse than a hangover. It's just, yeah. it makes you feel rubbish and sort of long for another drink to pick you back up again. Yeah. And you can't, you can't be, you can't be asked to do anything else. No, that's it. No, completely. Yeah. Relate to that. Um, I, what I wanted to ask you as well, because obviously you were in, were you in the first series of the jungle? I'm a celebrity. Or was it the second? Oh, second. The second. second. That was that the Jordan one. <laughs> the Jordan Peter. Peter, Andre, Peter yeah. Andre and Jordan. That's the yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you, do you, are you a fan of this show? Do you watch it or? I, I do. I do. Um, it's, it's different once you're in there. I mean, it's, it's, it's very boring. You know, people say, it's, but they only show sort of, sort of 30 minutes footage from 24 hours. You know? yeah. So a lot of the time you just sat on your backside doing nothing. It's like, it's like being in lockdown really with, <laughs> with rats and snakes and <laughs> spiders. Cause uh, yeah, a lot of it, a lot of it's sitting on your backside, but I mean, it's, it's a great show. I'm so, so happy I'd done it. You know, uh, you know, it's, I, I went to, well, lucky enough, I went to Australia. It was still in Australia now. I think, I think these, uh, these people, are, they're in a castle in Wales. Or yeah, that's it. Yeah. Like, oh, you've got to be devastated. Time, the only time you get picked, you're, you're staying, before you go in, you're in a Versace seven-star hotel. And when you come out, you're in a seven-star hotel. Yeah. So I don't think they've got one of them in Wales. <laughs> so they, they missed out. But it is, it is a great TV show to do, yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant. Would you, do it, would you ever do it again? Or you've kind of had the experience or... No, no, the money is magnificent. I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> well, I'm sure someone will give you a call if they know you, you, you'll do it. Um, so, with, with the book, um, the world according to, the word, the world according to Razor, um, my closest yeah. shaves. Um, where, how, yeah. where did the, did you just have the urge to, well, I, to kind of write it, or how did it all come about? Yeah, well, it was COVID coming, and I was, I, I, I knew that everyone would be writing books now. A lot of, you know, Christmas is coming up. A lot of people are in lockdown, so I knew there'd be a lot of autobiographies coming out so I didn't want to be one of them autobiographies that just got lost so I just think of the funny times I've, I've had in my playing career in life and, and, and dangerous situations and it's sort of them situations that you know we don't some some people we, we all believe in God but some people we don't pray a lot but these, these are the stories you know that when when I've done something you know I'd say God Please get me out of this I promise oh, I won't I've do it that. again <laughs> them situations I'm sure you've done it yourself yes plenty God, if you're <laughs> real, these, these, stories, these stories where I've looked up into the heavens and thank God, if you get me out of this, I promise you I won't do it again. So, you know, funny stories. I, I went on the last with Nelson Mandela for two days. Well, that's in a story. South Africa. I need to hear Great. this. Great. Uh, I've got, you know, I, I, I got Robbie Williams a sack from Take That. Things like that. I mean, it just don't happen to me, anybody. It just happens to me all the time. So it's. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy it for your under sixteen. I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend your readers, all your books. Well, yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't, re wouldn't recommend them to, to read it. But uh, for mums and dads, mums, yeah, a good, mums and dads a good, book. yeah, a good present to get your mum and dad for Christmas for sure. Um, That's what it yeah. is. Yeah, so, I mean, so what is, can are you able to share one of your funny stories from, the book? Can you share one of your um, funny stories from the book? Yeah, it was like, um, I, I mean, the Nelson Mandela uh, story, we went to, uh, we were playing for Liverpool in 96, 97. We, we flew to South Africa and we went to Joburg for Johannesburg first. We played, uh, I mean, the Kaiser Chiefs in Joburg. So just before the game, the door opened and Nelson Mandela walked in. No one knew. I mean, the, I mean, the times of that, you know, no one knew where he was. He used to turn up, you know, so it wasn't in the game. He turned up, walked in the dressing room. We've gone, oh, Mr. Mandela. He said, no, call me Nels. So Nels, well, now Nels is our friend. 
So he said, I'll see you after the game, went to the bar. So we played the game, drew, drew North, North, and then went to the bar. Nelson was, sorry, Nelson. Nelson, so yeah, what his friends call him. Nelson, <laughs> sorry, Nelson. Nelson was there and he just handed out drinks to us. So we had a good like, three or four hours on the last with Nelson in there. And we said our goodbyes. And two days later, we flew to Cape Town and played Cape Town Spurs. Just for kickoff, Nelson walked in again. And he said, I enjoyed myself so much last week. He said, I've come. I've come to see you again. I'll see you in the bar. <laughs> there you go. So we played the game, went to the bar, and Nelson was there again, handing out the drinks. We had another three or four hours on the last with Nelson. And I, and I, I, I told my mum, I said, Mum, I've, I've been on the drink with, with Nelson Mandela. I said, what are you talking about? I, went, I don't know. We didn't really talk about nothing. It was just like when you go down the pub with your mates and you're all stood at the bar and you go home, the wife says, what are you talking about? I, went, I don't know. It's just rubbish. We're talking about rubbish. So. I had a world leader there twice and spoke absolute rubbish with him, which is great. Well, yeah, that that is that. Not many people can call call Nelson Mandela by that nickname, I'm sure. Oh, Nelson, Nelson, as he's known to his closest friends. Nelson, as he's known. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, going back to to football, I guess you know how how yeah. have you kind of been feeling watching it because I've not really enjoyed it about the fans to be honest I've you know I got I do you know what do you know what, mate I, I keep turning it off I can't watch it it's it's like like a testimonial match or I think the slow the build up so slow now do you ain't got the crowd behind you know even you know if someone makes a great tackle the crowd it, it electrifies the crowd and that gets the players going you know it must be terrible playing I was I was very much I, I was like pre-season friendlies and little go to practice matches at training. I was terrible. I was never the player I was when there was crowds there. You know, it used to get me going to crowds and used to get me a nervous energy going. I'm sure they're playing without any nervous energy. And I, I don't think that's good. So me, for one, I needed a big crowd there, yeah. you know, to, to be at my best, to get me going and, 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 and spurn, you know, to get everyone going. Because I was always a loud mouth on the pitch. I was always the one that was shouting instructions. So... You know, I think, as you say, as a fan, you know, that, that was as a player, I didn't, I didn't enjoy games behind closed doors. And, you know, now as a fan, I, I'm not enjoying I'm turning them over. I'm just thinking, yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's it's just rubbish. Yeah. I mean, how how do you think as a player you would have dealt with VAR when it wound you up? Oh, I'd, I'd have had a few. Well, I'd, I've lost, I'd have lost a couple a few times. <laughs> I think oh, the only thing we need is goal line technology, I think. And, and that didn't work last year. I mean, <laughs> I think Bournemouth scored at Villa and it, and it broke <laughs> yeah, down. That it. And that goal would have, that, that goal would have saved them from relegation. So when it, when they needed it, that broke down. But I think football was all right as it was, you know. I think the Lions when we're getting ninety nine percent calls right, you know. You know, you can't even you can't even score now. How how, how far did they go back? That's what that's the wind up. You score a goal, how far do they go back? And penalties, they always do it in slow motion. There's always gonna be contact in slow motion, handballs. That's a fast. If the referee doesn't see it, it's not a penalty as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's fair enough, you know, clear and obvious stuff you can sort of understand a little bit. But when you see a goal that, you know, a goal that's happened and no one's sort of appealing it, it's just everyone's kind of getting on with it and then it goes yeah. VAR reviewing and then yeah. the opposite, the, the team that've had a goal scored against them going, hang about, you know, we, we might get away with this yeah. here. I think it's stuff like that. I, I think, I think, I think the future is going to cause riots. I think there's going to be a match. It could be Celtic Rangers, it could be Newcastle, Sunderland, it could be a massive game. Last week, the team score, they're all celebrating that it's not a goal. Then the other team, they're going to start celebrating. I just think it's going to cause, it's going to cause mayhem. Yeah. 
you know, imagine. Do you know what? Scott Newcastle in there for you. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Well, speaking very about Newcastle, yes. um, I have to ask you this because my favourite manager, obviously Keegan was a great manager, but my favourite manager is, yeah. was Bobby Robson. I wonder if you had any stories about Sir Bob. Um, well, he was my manager when I was in England. Under he was a national, he was a first team manager, and we he took us to Rio de Janeiro. Oh yes, twice. I don't know if could, he took them. I think it was in England youth. Then I went to England under twenty ones. I can't remember the, the age groups, but we went two years running with Bobby, Sir Bobby, and uh, yeah, I think I don't think he wanted to take. I just think because we were going to Rio that he come along. You know. We had a youth coach, but the England manager, Bobby, went, yeah, no, I'll, I'll take the kids, see, you know. <laughs> and uh, we were talking about, no, you know, no getting sent off and discipline about the English players. And two years running, I got sent off out there. So <laughs> I didn't go down too well with Sir Bobby. Yeah. I mean, um, in terms of your teammates, who, who would be the sort of best player that you've played with, you would say? Uh, as, a, as, a, uh, as a young, Glenn Hoddle was the greatest footballer I've seen when I was a young lad. At, uh, just, you know, I was maybe debut at Spurs, but Glenn Hoddle was, was magnificent. Glenn Hoddle was doing what David Beckham was doing 20 years before Beckham, when people could hurt him, you know. But as in, as in strikers, Robbie Fowler's the greatest striker I've seen. Um, I think Shearer's one of the best sort of uh, uh, what's it, uh, target men sort of thing. And, and making runs and, and making angles and making space for others, other people to come into the game. Matthias A, John Barnes, Jan Malby, I mean, Ray Clements, who, who, who sadly passed away not so long ago. He's the best goalkeeper I've played with. I've played with Rio, Frank Lampard, Di Canio, yeah. Carrick, Defoe. Not a bad list. Johnny Arts, I mean, <laughs> not a bad Stuart list. Stuart Pierce. Oh, I mean, then Osvaldo Ardiles. Was there was there ever a yeah, player that was just was there ever a player for you that was just a nightmare to mark? Like it's even so much that you'd be like, all of them. Yeah, would there be one that you know when you're in the tunnel thinking, oh, I, I don't fancy, don't, yeah. want, don't want to be marking this all guy today. Every, every, Saturday, every 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 three o'clock Saturday afternoon. Now I think the best three I played well, over my time was, well, I played against like people like Ronaldinho and Jean Pierre Papin, a bit before you, Skilatches, Van Basten. But I think over a period of time. The best I played was Eric Cantona, Dennis Bergkamp, and uh, Zola. I think them three, you know, over a sort of a ten-year period, were the best best players I played against. Yeah, that's that's, that's great. And uh, I was going to ask you as well: is what, what you know? I don't think you would have. Do you does it wind you up as well like VAR when you see players that kind of make a meal out of being tackled? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I could it's imagine you just be like. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if someone if someone kicked me, I wouldn't want to. I would I wouldn't want them to get sent off because I'd want to kick them. Yeah. Back. Well, there, there there was always that battle between you and Roy Keane, weren't there? You used to enjoy giving enjoy giving each other a bit of a kick. Well, yeah, we had. You know, I've got a great picture of I'm, I'm whacking, I'm punching Roy Keane off the ball here somewhere. Sorry, that's with David Beckham. Oh, David Beckham. Yeah. Oh, I don't think you can see the Roy Keane. Oh there. yeah, I can see it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's me. That's me punching Roy Keane. Um, no, I think I think. You know, in my day, it was it was don't let anyone show you, don't let anyone see you hurt. We used to kick lumps out of each other, then go and have a pint after and and have a laugh with the opposition. That, I mean, that that was football as as I knew it. Um, I think players trying to get you know players get sent off is is you know it's a it's a sign of weakness and it's horrible, really. It's spite, isn't it? It's spite. Yeah, especially it's when funny. especially they've not been touched at all and they're rolling on the floor. No, and, no, you know. I mean, if they've if a player rolls over, if a player, if a player gets kicked and he rolls over, he's not hurt because if you move, it hurts more. Yeah. You know a player's hurt. When they, if a player lies still, they're hurt. If they roll over, they're not hurt. It hurts more. Simple. Yeah. 
And by the way, the best away ground I've used to, I used to love playing was uh, St James's Park, Newcastle, oh, was my favourite away thank ground. Thank you, thank you so much. Yeah, I loved yeah, the loved magnificent atmosphere. Yeah. Magnificent atmosphere. Lovely people, the children. Magnificent atmosphere. I used to love playing. Yeah. Any chance you're going to come and get coaching Basil, come, come manage us? How about Steve Bruce? No, it's a bit cold up there. <laughs> it's a bit cold up there. Well, yeah, you wouldn't be there all the time. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so... Yeah, what was what else was I going to ask you? Um, in terms of like this lockdown, how have, have you kind of been? Is it been good in terms of not being able to sort of go back to alcohol and drink? Because boredom yeah. as well. I suppose lockdown is cheaper than yeah. rehab and <laughs> and all that. But yeah, it is. It's, but like, is there because because you've got so much time on your hands at home, and you know, at home we can we can get on nutting a bit. Yeah. You know, being stuck at home. Is it not? Does it not get a bit hard and tempting to to be like you know what I need? Well, drink? not you know, I'm, you know I've got a, I've got my own den, you know I've got my own den here with my own TV and uh, you know I've got I've got a younger wife, a beautiful wife. I've got two young kids, you know, so I've got a twelve year old and a and a ten year old. So they keep me they keep me active as well. So no, I've I've, I've found it all right, you know. I've, I've got my big telly, I've got me my Netflix and my Amazon, and I've got all my books and that. So. As I say, I'm, I'm getting old now. I'm in my fifties now, so it's you know maybe when what? I was a snapper like you, <laughs> when I was young like you, then maybe I'd have found it a bit boring. But when you get over fifty, it's nice to sit down and get your get your feet up. Yeah, no, that's 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 nice. Um, I've got a lot of miles in these legs. They've done a lot of miles. Well, they have. So it's nice to rest and get them. They have. Well, they're not trying to end Alan Shearer's career. They're doing. <laughs> yeah. um, so. With with your um book is because did you have an, another book beforehand as well like it came out of yeah I done one when I was still playing so that was that weren't the best I was still playing and you know you, I couldn't slaughter referees and I couldn't slaughter any teammates or ex teammates because I, I still bump into them so I mean I I done that as I say this but I just wanted something to be different I wanted it to be a funny read sometimes sad stories funny stories shocking stories but. Uh, you know, it's one of the books, you know, holiday book or even uh, over Christmas, you know, I've, I've had a lot of feedback with people who just read it and want to keep reading it and reading it and reading it. And then, so I know it is, it is hilarious. Um, you know, I sat in James Hogg, who actually wrote, I, I sat in with him for like three days. We sat together and stories kept, you know, reminding me of stories. Yeah. And so he, he went away to France, I think three weeks he was out there and he, and he wrote, I wanted it word for word. I didn't want him to go away. And do the story in his way. Yeah, you know? well, it'd be, it needs to be your voice, doesn't it? I wanted it, word, it, was, it, was, it was written down word for word as I spoke. So there's a lot of there's a lot of swear words in there. So, but uh, that's the way I wanted it done. And then and he and he come through and it's it, it, it's funny. That's great. And, and how are you doing at the minute? Because obviously you had the surgery, the pacemaker in. How, yeah, how's, yeah. How's it? no, I'm fine. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, to say when beforehand I've been feeling different. I, I feel the same now, but everything inside's working. So that, that's peace of mind. That's good. Good doctor that get, uh, worked on you then. Did, did... He was a great. He was a German. He was a German doctor as well. <laughs> he had a sense of humour. It was great. It was amazing. Sense when, I, when I had the pace, pacemaker fit, he went. He said, "Oh, this is the first time I've ever done this." He said, "But I've, I've seen it on Google. We'll be all right." <laughs> but I mean, even a German with a sense of humour was funny. Yeah, that's good. Well, I'm sure he didn't do um, how many surgeries had he done. Yeah, no, he died. He has done it thousands. Thousands, thousands. yeah. You don't want a surgeon that goes. That's and you're still awake when, when they when they when they put a pacemaker in. You're still awake, which is amazing. Oh wow! <laughs> they just inject you around around the area, and you and you and you're uh, you're awake. Yeah. yeah. Oh, brilliant. Um, so who um do you think is going to win the league this season? Well, I I I, I think it's going to be closer. Than it is. I'm I'm I want to say Liverpool, but I think with the injuries they've got. I think they will struggle. Um, the only the only thing is Man City are losing points. I think everyone's beating everyone. 
I'm, I think Man, Man City is just, just nick it. But I think Tottenham, Tottenham will be third. I think it'll be Liverpool, Man, or Man City. I mean, Spurs, Spurs will be third. I think Spurs are playing well and everybody seems to be gelling. They think Mourinho's got his way of playing. I think everyone's doing what he wants them to do now. So I think they, they won't be far behind. They'll be a lot closer. But it would surprise me if City nick it. Because of uh, Liverpool's injuries. Yeah, well, I, I've got a sneaky feeling Tottenham might do. I think with Mourinho there now, he's starting yeah. to get them sort of, you know, playing his way a little bit. And yeah. um, Bale, you know, would, great sign. What do you think about Newcastle? They'll be all right. They'll be all right. I, you know, what? I feel a bit, I feel a bit sorry for Steve Bruce because he's getting a lot of stick from our fans. Yeah. But it, 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 I think a lot. I think he's doing yeah, all right. He's doing I all right. He's I doing the, the job. Way they're playing all right. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's. I think a lot, a lot of fans have, uh, they don't have long memories, do they? No, you know, no, that's the thing. And the way it was, you know, the, the way the the, the plan. This is playing a bit of style of football, and you know, he's trying. They're trying to win in the right way. They're trying to play the way Newcastle fans want them to play. And if they if they come on start they get they get booed. But you know, he's, he's having a go. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I mean, Rafa Benitez obviously was a great manager, and the Geordies up there loved him. But you know, it, it was a bit negative. If, if Benitez could get away with playing that way because he was Benitez, if yeah. Allardyce would have played that way, he would have got slaughtered. Yeah, but I, you know, I think I think that Steve Bruce got a few bob as well. They give him a few bob. I yeah. think if they'd give that to Rafa, um, I bet that was on Rafa's wages. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Didn't get any money. He was getting all the money himself. <laughs> well, exactly. That's it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, is there any chance you'll ever go into management, or is you are you just? No, I, I tried. But I done, I done my badges. I tried years ago at Swindon, and I was assistant management. You know, you got to be first in, first out. You're out every night to uh, watching. You know, trying to find a non-league sensation that you can get for nothing and sell for millions. So, you know, I just needed. I needed Shearer to become a manager, and <laughs> I've got. You know, you need one of your best mates to get a manager job, and you can be his number two. Yeah. But, he fouled at Newcastle, so that was the end of my manager well, career. Was yeah, there. well, yeah, a lot of a lot of my mates told me about that, but I always try and defend shit. I was like, he had like half a dozen games. Come nah, on, he's right. yeah, <laughs> he's not he's not as boring as you think. He's all right. Yeah, he gets a lot of stick about that. Actually, doesn't he? They always say boring Alan Shearer. Yeah, he plays in it though. He's, that's what he said to you. He does play on the boring bit. Yeah. yeah, he does play on it. Yeah, and it's, do you, who do you sort of who's like your sort of best mate in the football game? Do you? Well, Shearer, Shearer was uh, Shearer was. Yeah, we've got father to each other's kids, right. so. I mean, we were at Southampton together. For, he was he couldn't even drive. We used to have to pick him up every day and then drop him off. So now we're very, very close, me and Alan. Oh, that's, that's great. And what, do you have any experiences with uh, Gaza? We've got to ask for the Geordies. Uh, Gaza, I've done a couple of stories in the book. I, yeah. I missed, I missed, I didn't play with him. Uh, he signed for Lazio the day I signed for Spurs. So we sort of missed each other there. But I've had a few nights out. I was going to say, I imagine a night out with Gaz is uh, a story, a story to tell. It's very, it's very good. Yeah, yeah that's very but good. We won't, we won't. That takes you a few days. That takes you a few days to recover. <laughs> let me tell you. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, um, Neil, it's been amazing talking to you today. Um, and you know, good luck. Good, good luck. Good luck with all your, good luck with your health as well. Yes. Yeah, well, yourself. yeah, it's. Um, yeah, it's great to see you in a, in a good place now, and um, you know how, yeah, I, how. And I hope you are. Yeah, mate. yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm getting there. It's a difficult year for everyone, but we just got to take each day at a time, haven't we? I suppose. That's it. Just smile. Listen, just look back. All I do, if I got the arm, just think back of funny stories. Just smile at yourself. Yeah. Is what you got. And to if do. anyone's listening, that's kind of listening, that's got a problem with alcohol or struggling. I mean, what yeah. would you what advice would you give? Just look, just check yourself out. You know, what I mean, it's, you ain't got to make everyone else make yourself happy. You know what I mean? You, you get the other people having a go at you. You know, take 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 and take criticism as advice. Have a look at yourself. You know what I mean? And you've got to make yourself happy. If you're in a bad place, try and make yourself happy. Try and make yourself smile. You know, only you you can 
beat the demons. It's only you that can make yourself fabulous, no one else. So check, have a check, just check yourself every morning, have a look at yourself and, and make the right decision. You know, I mean, you get everyone's trying to give you all of this advice, but you know, it's only you that can take the advice you want to hear and smile at yourself and look back at good times, not bad times. Brilliant. Well, the best, the best is yet to come. I believe from you, Neil. I think we've got to have, we're yep. going to have some more exciting things to see on TV. I'm a celebrity. He's going, to, he's going to go back in. You heard it here first, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. The money's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for joining me today, Neil, and good luck with the book. Cheers, Cheers. mate. Good luck. Good luck yourself, brother. So there we have it. Um, a wonderful chat there with Razor. Be sure to check out his new book, um, The World According to Razor. Uh, yeah, I haven't read the book myself yet, but you know, I'm sure it's going to be a really funny read and I, I can't wait to read the book. Um, it's on my book list to, to check out. Um, so be sure to check out his book. It was wonderful talking to Razor. Like you said, you kind of, I kind of forget that I'm recording a podcast with him. You know, I'm kind of like just kind of in the moment with him and just having a laugh because he's such a good person to talk to. But yeah, be sure to check out his new book. Um, be sure to check us out on um, Twitter and Instagram. That's um, Shapes of Stories on Twitter. And my Instagram is Prestige Books. So my Twitter, uh, myself, is LPrestige7. So be sure to check us out. And please make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We've got lots of amazing guests coming your way. Lots of exciting things to share with you. Uh, but again, just want just want to share that message of anyone that's struggling right now, whether it be with an addiction or any kind of mental health that they're going through right now. Um, the first step in that road to recovery that you go through is is um making the big step to talk to someone it's really difficult i know but it is the is the first and most important step in your road to recovery so i just want to um encourage everyone out there if you're going through something right now whether it be an addiction or mental health problem or any problems that you might be having right now um is to talk to someone um it's always too early to quit but you know it's it's never too late to to get help um, no matter what you're going through. Um, so I just want you, you know, whether it be problems with alcohol, problems with mental health, whatever it is, be sure to make that step in getting help that you need. But yeah, thanks guys for listening. Check out Razor's new book. Um, check out our stuff on social media and uh, look forward to sharing another exciting episode with you soon. Bye.